This is the Acts 2028 podcast, where two young Church of God pastors discuss the challenges and victories we face in leading revitalization. I am TJ Samuel. I am Brian Seidel. I am in an urban context in Seattle, Washington. I am in a suburban and rural context in Boise, Idaho. I am in a liberal state. I am in a conservative state. My ministry background is in missions. My ministry background is in youth ministry. And yet we are both in our first lead roles. Help God revitalize the existing church in the Pacific Northwest. We are helping each other. And you. To truly live out Acts 20, 28. Hey TJ, here we are again as we're coming back for the uh, To Be Continued. So we had our episode one talking about uh, conflict and tough conversations. And again, it took us a little while to get into it. We started talking it uh, again about a few different things. And so, so here we are today to kind of continue that conversation. I think the reality, again, whether you're in an in existing church in a revitalization situation or just in a church, right. Or a church plan or anything, this is the reality, right. Is that, that it's just part of leadership, right. Is that you're going to have some hard conversations, um, and, and the reality is you're never going to please everybody. And I think as we look at our current culture and context, I think that is, has never been more apparent, right? That you're never going to please everyone. And so uh, with that, I think it's a very viable conversation. And I know one that, that I know I've lived out in my leadership context, especially at Oregon Trail, throughout the, the six years that I've been here in, in this project. But how about you? How many tough conversations have you had? Well... I mean, we've had, when you take a church on in the middle of a, you know, a pandemic, I think you have some of those just organically. And I think some of the, you know, one of the things that we're talking about general conversations where they're, they're going to be difficult, but I think, you know, like you said, knowing, uh, having the relationship, also just knowing the timing, right, where people go and, and keeping that in perspective of, you know, we have a child center and we've talked about that before. Yeah. You don't know what a mom has had to go through just to show up that morning. I mean, like, did, you know, the hot water heater go out that morning and she was going to like wash the kid, uh, you know, before they came in and, and sure. there's just so many different things, but I think that's where the word grace kind of comes into play as well. When we're talking about these uh, conflicts is if you have those knowing the timing of it. So I feel like a lot of people myself included, during this time can find yourself closer to the edge um, than you normally would be just because of the uh, exterior circumstances, you know, yeah, that are around absolutely. you. So knowing those, yes, I've had a couple, um, I think, you know, probably more uh, than we would have had not been in the situation, but you know what, I think, again, as we've talked about, even with uh, taking on an established church, if you can lean into those, if you can uh, do those in a godly way, um, you know, and, and honoring to God as we progress and uh, work through those, I think they can also make you stronger. They can make those relationships better. Um, at least you'll have definitely a better understanding of one another. And so, um, yeah, I've had to have a few of those. Yes, that is a long-winded answer to say, yes, yes, I feel you. Yeah. You know, so before we jump into anything new, let's just kind of go back of the ground we covered last time. So again, if you hadn't listened to episode one of season two, make go back and listen to that. 
Um, in fact, in the title was uh, a lot of something about marriage analogies, because I think that if you remember, came up over and over and over in our conversation last week, which, you know, potentially this episode probably might not go there, but, but we did give uh, some practical steps, things that we talked about that have helped in these situations. And then I think will apply no matter your context. Um, so the ones we talked about last time, one, first off was just the power of relationship and how that relationship does go a long ways. And we talked about whether it's extending grace, right? Whether it's the trust that's needed to have those conversations, whatever it might be, right? Knowing that the relationship is, is always more important, right? Than, than whatever the source of the conflict is, right? And again, whether, it, whatever it's a sacred cow or logistics of the church or, you know, whatever, right? That just the relationships are important. And, and at the, the reality is that's the core of the gospel. That's the core of, of our faith, right? Is a relationship with our God and with each other. And so those relationships are very important. The other thing we brought up was the power of face-to-face conversation and how much that uh, avoid at all costs having this conversation through any sort of written or electronic communication. Right? Again, text messages uh, are not, the place to have a, a hard conversation, right? Email is, I think, even worse, right? Than text necessarily because it's not even instant, right? And again, you have known that, but again, even the, you know, the I had a guy in my church that I know that he would always, he would want to write, he he'd write me these letters, you know, and he was uh, these handwritten letters, and I, I did show up in my office, right? And I'd call him, like, hey man, let's talk. He's like, well, I just, I express myself better when I write, and I'm like that's great. Well then write it down and then come in and let's talk about it. And he wouldn't even do that. And it was just really frustrating, but anyways, but face-to-face conversation, right? Like that's, that's very important. And then the last thing that we talked about right before we ended the episode was that we need, uh, was to, to charge the problem, right. To not ignore it, uh, not sweep it under the rug. Now, like you said, that is balanced, right. With the timing of it, right. Again, the time to to bring out the, the hard conversation is not in the middle of, of a crisis going on in their life or, you know, <laughs> different things. Right. I, I think we do have to be conscious of, of the timing. Right. And to set, so the best thing would be to kind of just to set up the meeting, right. And just make sure that you set up the meeting, set the time and, and, and again, kind of run at the problem versus sweeping it under the rug or ignoring it. Because if you ignore it, it's only going to fester and likely blow up into into a way bigger deal than it probably needs to be. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think you don't want to, sometimes, you know, that they teach you to count to 10 or do something pretty basic, but sometimes it's not always the best, especially like, again, the circumstances, people don't respond. I don't included, but they're back against the wall. Um, in the best circumstance there you're not going to get the best reaction you're definitely not going to get the best resolve um, because they're probably not ready to process that with you and people process all sorts of things whether that's problem whether that's grief whether that's anything at a different rate and so you know i mean without getting too far like you said marriage or those things statistically uh people that lose uh something that, you know as difficult as a child and stuff you know that the likelihood of them staying together uh, because of some of those things, because of the rate at which they process um, is very alarming as well. And so just kind of yeah. knowing what we're up against, knowing how to manage, knowing how to um, be rooted, grounded in God. So like, yeah, I totally get it. Uh, I was preaching this past couple of weeks of like even 
you know, stripping it down. What's most important? You know, what is, we were talking, you know, we've been going through the story at our church and we're just wrapping up this uh, next week. I'm going to be week 31. So I'll be in revelation, but you know, week 30 was about kind of Paul being in that uh, final days and final days, kind of, what do you do? So I, uh, those of you that, yes, I am from the Island. I do listen to country music from time to time. When I met Courtney, she was in just South of Nashville, but uh, you know, Tim McGraw had a song live like you were dying. And, uh, you know, just kind of highlights, puts in perspective, different things. And maybe in that same context, as we go through some of these things, like, I know we can get super frustrated about certain things, but in the scheme of it, is it the most important thing? And if we got to, you know, reset our scorecard or a rubric or what's important during this time, that's been difficult on all of us, um, Hopefully some of those things that were petty, we've kind of let go, right? We've been able to reestablish yeah. what's what's of greater value, what's of most importance. And we see that modeled by Paul. I mean, he knows he's been arrested six times. He's got all these things. But yet, speaking of music, he's like the ultimate one-hit wonder because he is preaching Christ, died, resurrected and and that's his that's a stick that's what he's going to he wants to say it to caesar he wants to say it to uh you know festus whoever's listening that is paul and what he wants to do is he wants to share that part and so again understanding what's what's of significance if you here's a it, it's a little bit dated but if you haven't got a chance to do this uh there was carnegie mellon is a university in pittsburgh and they have a, uh, they had a lecture series that was kind of the same thing that we would say as believers, like our testimony, kind of that Paul moment that is, um, it's called the last lecture. And for that faculty, it was always, if you had one more thing to share with your students, what would it be? And in that context, uh, one of the professors, Dr. Uh, uh, Randy Posh, I believe was his name, um, he did this in 2007 and what really materialized from it was he was actually dying of pancreatic cancer so spoiler alert and um he shared that what was most important how to fulfill your childhood dreams kind of do these things and uh he really was able to boil down of what is great significance and he left that because he he passed away and left that for his three small children but mm -hmm. i mean Time Magazine made him one of the most influential people uh, in 2007. He was on Oprah and all those things, but really his testimony was, um, what is of most significance? And that was kind of the, the theory behind it. So again, maybe part of that grace is what is most important? And if we get to these conflict things of, again, like you said, if we're, if we're resetting this and value is relationships and those things, a simple pause there would be like, is it more important for me to be right? Or is it more important for me to preserve and love this relationship and this person? Right. I mean, like these sound yeah. pretty basic, but those are the reminders that we have. And that's what, again, leaning in during the pandemic, that's been difficult. Those are the things that are more like, okay, I can get that. That makes more sense. And if I care about that person, I don't have to win. This isn't a win or lose because when it becomes a win or lose, there is a winner and there is a loser. And in that context, and as Christ followers, that's not our desire. I mean, we're in the people in the Jesus business. 
we're trying to push people to eternity. We're trying to get as many people on the winning side as possible. At least I thought that was the goal. Yeah. Well, I mean, it certainly is my goal. I think that, as you said, that's your goal. But the reality is, right, that's the goal of the church, right? Ultimately, like you said, it's about their salvation. It's about us expanding God's kingdom. It's about us continuing to grow in our faith and using every moment we have on this earth for God's glory. And I think, but but it speaks kind of to the, again, the principle, right, into this, which I think is kind of the next thing. Like I said, we talked about how the relationship is so important, right, face-to-face conversation, don't ignore it too long. But then I think the next step that we're kind of dancing around right here, right, is is to figure out what the real issue is. Mm. And like you said, whether it's with Paul, whether it's, you know, with these people in our church, like we look at these biblical examples, we look, think about these you know, examples from, right? I mean, again, what's the real motivation behind the conflict, right? Or the issue or the whatever's coming up, right? That's bringing up this tough conversation. Because sometimes it is just simply whatever it is, right? If, you know, okay, they're they're mad about something and they're coming to you, you know? I get, maybe it is literally just that, but most of the time it's not right. Most of the time, this conflict, this, whatever it is, you know, it's, they don't like the music or, you know, you pick the wrong carpet or, you know, you, whatever, like if it's something like that, it's, it's usually not about that. Right. There's, there's something else. They're feeling a loss because of a decision or a situation, or they're like you said, there's something else going on in their life. that's like that they can't deal with. And so then they, they feel like maybe they can, you know, they're, they're grasping for something they can grab control of. Right. Um, again, I, I don't know what that might be. And it's, it's always situational and, and it's specific to that context, but that's an important thing to remember is we have to kind of get down to think about, okay, what, what's really going on here. Right. You know, is it about hymnals versus a projector, right. Or is it, or is it actually something much deeper? Yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, I think we've all tried to, you know, I was saying that before we came on was, you know, when our world goes into chaos, uh, we try to grasp at things to order uh, them in some respect. But I think that's where God, again, first thing, you know, in this is go to him. (laughs) And so I'd say like, I get guilty of this at times is he wants even the little things in our life you know, to be able to turn them over to him. Uh, sometimes I've been guilty of, you know, like, God, you're so big. You have so many things to do. Like, if you quit me, I'll just handle this one. Like, I got this. I can, I know the answer to this. I, I know what your word says, and I'm going to just take this one on. And it's like, no, even the little ones, right? Like, turn them over to him. So I think really having that grounded part of, he is our rock, he is our source of supply. Um, and he is who we go to. I mean, and thinking of even when he was dealing with struggles and things like that, that made him, you know, fully man, fully God. And we even see him struggling, sweating blood in the garden before he pays the ransom for all of us. And is like, Father, if there be any other way, let this cup pass from me. But again, in that context, he's doing the things that we're talking about. He's having yeah. the one-to-one conversation. He has a relational value and a connectivity. Yes, he's a triune God, but he's modeling again to us of, man, I know who's in charge here. I know what uh, authority I'm under and how do I, um, you know, petition you with where my heart's desire is, but ultimately relinquish to you for your will. And so I think 
there's those things where, man, again, we can just garner so much wisdom from the aspect of what did Jesus do? Did we give it to him right away? Um, and yeah, I mean, thinking of the person, you know, and like I said, yeah. they may be struggling with something else and, and we don't know what it is. And, you know, I mean, this again, today's culture has so many different uh, layers to this. Uh, it could be something where, you know, as simple as vaccinations or not vaccinations or things like that, where people are very divided on those circumstances. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you saying something might, you don't know if that person's uh, aunt or uncle, you know, we've had loved ones that passed away from COVID and, you know, we've had family members that stand opposed to each other. They've just become political and divide. And, uh, you know, cue that up with week 31, which is the final week is me speaking about revelation. So that should be fun. I've been, uh, Right up there with, you know, critical conversations, I think for me are like, as a pastor, or like, um, you know, there's like revelations and there's like speaking about tithing. We have to do them. We can do them in a godly way, but they're yeah. inevitably you tend to have somebody that doesn't agree with you or it wasn't the way that they interpret that. So yeah, yeah absolutely. Again, yeah. I'll Which, be in for it this week, I'm sure. <laughs> well, and it's just funny side note because i'm actually i'm starting a new message series this next sunday and and it's in revelation although i i'm doing the easy part of revelation right i'm just doing revelation two and three where you know the seven churches that jesus talks about so you know that's that's the far less controversial part of revelation than 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 where where you're headed but uh, no but i i think but you bring up a good point though and i think even bringing the example of jesus in the garden right and just as how he's wrestling with the conflict that he knows is inevitably on his way right and and i think in the midst of that as we look at as we do turn to scripture and as as especially as godly leaders that's what we need to be doing no matter what we're doing we need to be looking to scripture right and again that jesus is our example right and and with that, just one of my, what's, what has become one of my life verses. And I think one of the reasons it has is because of a lot of these tough conversations that I've had, um, you know, while leading Oregon trail. And I think, uh, like I said, in, the, in these last few years, uh, I've really leaned on this verse a lot and it's, it's Galatians 1:10, and it's, it's become, like I said, become one of really my life verses. But, um, so this is Paul, right. Who's writing, but he, he says in this verse, Again, Galatians chapter one, verse 10, he says, obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. And I think this, like I said, one of the reasons why this has become one of my life verses is just because I think just in leadership, it's easy to forget, right? Especially even in the life of the church. And especially if we get lost in the weeds and some of these hard conversations, Right. The, the reality is we are where we are because God's called us and God has given us, you know, the responsibility of leading in whatever role we're in, whether you're a pastor or a board member or just, you know, a volunteer in a church, um, you, you know, it, no matter what role God's put you in, he's put you there. Right? And and we all long to hear those words of well done, my faithful servant. Right. And and to think ultimately that is the goal. Right. Is for us to please God. And and it's it. Sometimes it's tempting in these situations to, to just please people, right? To just, you know, back off on a decision or, or just smooth the water, whatever it is with a person, just so we can just move on. 
And yet, but that's not always the right thing, right? Ultimately, we, we have to answer to God for what we've done when the responsibility that he's given us. And, and, and in those situations, I always have to remember that. And, and in sometimes, you know, again, it works through. And like I said, even of the idea of, of moving into these conversations and making a meeting and, and coming into that, right, is about pleasing God. Because, yeah, if you remember, even in that situation in a garden, Jesus prays, right, for, uh, for a very specific, you know, I mean, he prays for us, you, you know, for anybody who's going to, uh, you know, follow him because of what he's about to go through, right, and to do that. And he literally prays for us and prays for the church. And what, what's the main topic of that prayer in John 17? It is unity among the believers. Right? And we think about that, like nothing pleases God more than unity among the church. Whether that's the big C church, right? I mean, all, all believers around the world, you know, or even just the, you know, the two people in our church that can't get along, right? That nothing pleases God more, right? Than unity of the believers. You know, I, I remember uh, in one one specific hard conversation that, that I had with, uh, uh, between a couple just very top leaders, you know, uh, on my board of trustees. And it, this has happened several years ago, but I remember talking with, with my board chairman at the time and, and kind of, and I think I just kind of said something about like, Oh man, like I'm dreading this meeting tonight. And, and it just, I'll never forget his reaction to me. And he's like, no, he's like, he's like, I understand you, that kind of feeling. He's like, but the reality, he's like, I'm looking forward to this meeting tonight. I'm like, how can you be looking forward to this meeting that we know is going to be tension filled and full of conflict? But he said, like I said, the thing that sticks with me is he said, because I know that Av, we're going to leave there. Is it, is it, it's going to be resolved. And he's like, so I'm looking forward to it so that we can get through it. Right. And that we can find unity. However we do that. And whatever the result of, of the meeting is going to be. And again, at that point, he's like, I, we don't know what that's going to be, but I do know that this situation is going to be dealt with. And that's what I'm looking forward to, right? That we're not going to be living in this tension anymore, right? About like, oh, this person's mad. Oh, what are they going to say? Oh, you know, whatever. He's like, whether we like the resolution or not, and like, which is kind of what you mentioned, right? Like sometimes a relationship and, and that person is way more important than the actual, uh, you know, solution to whatever the conflict is. Right? And thinking about that, but that nothing pleases God more, right, than when we can find resolution, right, and be reconciled and find unity within the church. Well, because I think, again, you have the common expectation. It's been there. You kind of understand where your, uh, your rules of engagement, for lack of a better term, how you can be successful. And sports give us a wonderful opportunity on how to achieve success or a measurement. We were talking rubric or scorecard. Mm -hmm. If we're playing golf, par is average. So that's what you're supposed to get. Now, most people aren't average, but that is average for that hole should be, you should shoot for par. Now you can get yeah. a birdie, you can get an eagle. You know, most people are gonna get a bogey or, or more, but you know, the, the reality of it is, is that's what you're shooting for. And if you get the ball in the hole in that many strokes, then you know that you've been successful. If you don't, you know that there's ways to get better. Um, you also know that you hit it with a club. And so you can't pick it up and throw it. Uh, contrary to popular belief, you cannot use your foot wedge to get it closer. Um, again, contrary to popular belief. And yeah. um, so there's just some of those things. Or, you know, I use soccer a lot because it's the world's game 
um, or football, as they would say. Uh, and, you know, like the goalie can only use his hands when he is in his designated area, inside the 18-yard box, inside the six-yard box. If he goes outside of that box, he becomes a normal player and can only use his feet. But because we all understand that is how it's played, we can have people from different tongues, different understandings. In this part, going back to the church, different religions, different things that from the standpoint of denominational value that we can say, this is how we can be successful by following Christ. We can play a World Cup where there's tons of different places from around the world that can play a game, have a mutual understanding and know what it means to be successful and or like you were just describing from that elder, even if it's not what I wanted, I understand why, because we came to that resolution and an understanding of saying, ah, I understand that. I might not still be completely on board uh, how that completely came about, but now I understand, and that makes a whole lot of difference. And so when we can understand where the other person's coming from, what is the purpose, and I just think it can make a whole lot of difference it also let some of those things uh kind of get dispelled because i think you know again as we talked about face to face matthew 18 satan uh tries to isolate tries to uh, allow some of that you know talking behind the back of things to go where when you just address it in that way it doesn't allow room for those things to kind of the rumor mill so to speak to take place because it's there. People know, and we're all on the same page. In fact, we just had to have a conversation like that with our child center because we have um, some shared rooms that we will use within the church. And some of them aren't big now, but I said, guys, I just want to make sure that we have the same expectation, that we're being the same stewards of everything. If we were roommates, um, and I don't like to do the dishes, but you can't ever use the sink because I leave them in there. Um, you have to then go out of your way to wash the dishes just so you can go about the way you want to live because I've kind of imposed that on you. Let's just make sure that, you know, again, we have an understanding, we know where we want to go and being, uh, you know, helpful, <laughs> being thoughtful of other people's viewpoints or considerations, I think are huge. Mm-hmm. So I think as we look at this, you know, we've looked at all these kind of different steps. Again, the relationship's so important, face-to-face -face conversation, don't ignore it, don't ignore it too long, right? Get to the real issue. Um, please God, not always people, right? We look at all these steps. And then I think just to kind of wrap this up and to think it is, is the, even though it's the last step, I think it uh, needs to be in every step and it also needs to be the first one. And again, I think this comes again, another one of these these concepts that comes from scripture, or even the, the words of Jesus, but in, in Matthew 9 38, um, when Jesus is talking about just kind of the need for the workers, which I think we all understand that. And even sometimes the conflict in the churches comes from ministries and volunteers and expectations and kind of all these kind of things. But, but again, this is when Jesus is talking about, you know, again, this kind of famous passage where he says in verse 37, that the harvest is great, but the workers are few. But then he gives us this key action point in verse 38. So Matthew 9, verse 38, he says, so pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into his fields. And I bring this up one, just to say, first of all, is who's the Lord of the harvest, right? It is God, right? It's his church, right? He is more concerned about your church than you are. Right. And, and it is God's church. 
And again, and also he's going back to that Galatians battle, right? Is as our goal is to please him, anyways. And but I but the other again, the, the important part is he says, so pray to the Lord. Right? Pray to the Lord. Um, because he is in charge of it. And again, he and he will move and he will uh, will change hearts and he will motivate people and he will, you know, bring people and and whatever is needed in this situation, God can do it. And you know, you think about that is is again, that is the common thread, right, of unity that we're, we have in the church. And that's almost the advantage of these tough conversations we have as pastors or as church leaders that maybe others in other contexts in the business world or the political world or, you know, the medical world, all these different things that we've seen and dealt with in our culture, these sources of division. This is the biggest advantage we have in the church is that we have God at our disposal. Right. And that he is our source of unity. Right. And so we need to pray. We need to ask him to intervene into these situations. You know, when I think about some of the hardest conversations I've had over the years, whether not just Oregon Trail, but even in my years in youth ministry, and I had a plenty of hard conversations then as well. Right. But, but is that I likely, I will say, is I probably never prayed more, you know, in preparation for a meeting than when I knew it was going to be a tough conversation. Right. Yeah. And, and, and many times, right, is those conversations end up going far smoother than I fear they might go. And I, and again, I 100% believe it's because of God's presence, right, and God's power, right, and the way that He can mold their heart and mine, right, and open their eyes and open my eyes to what God knows and what He sees that we don't see and that we don't know. 110%. And I think, you know, one way to check yourself uh, if you're is if you're praying for that ahead of time and you're saying, if you're trying to tell God what the outcome should be, I think that's kind of one of those things. And I mean, I, I know that seems like rudimentary, but if we're like, God, I really need them to see this, this, yeah, understand where you're coming from and make sure again, that your motive is pure uh, that it is biblically rooted and in some of those things, like, so if it is, then, then God will make up that difference in that conversation. And, you know, again, time and time again, when you have those, it's like, you know, when people share their testimony and they're like, I was so afraid. I don't know what to do. You know, you just had your youth group again over here, you know, about a month ago to have a, a mission trip and, you know, when they interact with people, um, I'm sure some of them as high schoolers were like, share my faith. I like, yeah, I can do that with my friends or but like some random stranger in Seattle. Like that's probably super uncomfortable for a lot of people. Some, some are going to jump in there. We're all wired different, but some, yeah. they're just going to be like, uh, no, no, thank you. And so, yeah, I think those are the parts stretching, knowing God's in control, um, and then you emerge from that and you're just like, that was so smooth. That was like so much better. And, you know, like the Holy spirit, like prompted the conversation. Like I may have had specifically, I, I think of some of the youth that I worked with that were like to have a two minute conversation with them was awfully painful. And <laughs> then they, you see them interacting with somebody and they have like over a 30 minute conversation with someone. And then you're like, what, what went on? What transpired? And they're like, we just had this really good conversation. And you're like, what? So, I mean, again, in those moments, uh, surrendering to God, asking him for his help, 
uh, you know, there's just so much, so much in that, that you can, uh, you know, it's not about you. I mean, again, if it truly isn't about you, he can do that. And again, if we were pulling from scripture, if we're looking at these things, um, it's Moses with, with a speech impediment, you know, problem. It's, uh, so maybe God's going to partner you with an Aaron. I don't know, but the reality of it is, is obedience, stepping forward. And even in the sense of Moses, as we get ready to work with uh, our kids in a new school year here for the child center, maybe God's going to bring in a conflict thing that you thought, maybe that's the next person that will help hold your arms up um, and, and be a support because they understand where you're at. And so again, oftentimes from a leadership standpoint, um, or when you have a conflict or someone doesn't understand where you're coming from, if done well, what you emerge from and what that, you know, elder was probably trying to say is what you see as a, an adversary, they can emerge as an ally because they understand, they mm -hmm. understand that you had process. And so you go from this being this adversary that you have a difference in viewpoint or understanding to an ally because they understand that you did process it, that you did go through those things, that there was, uh, it is biblically rooted. And so some of those, that's why some of us that, um, you know, don't mind the confrontation as much. Look, I'm going to be honest, a lot of people, and I've known some cold people in the business world. I know that they say, well, I don't care. But the reality is, is I still have yet to meet a person that A, doesn't care what people think about them, or really enjoys being the villain or the heel of the story. I mean, like nobody likes to be alone in the sense of, I know that some people will claim that and I've heard it, but like when we have to do those things, when we have to have those hard conversations, it's not because most of the time those people are like, I just desire this. This is my fun. No, that that's a lie. So. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, when you think about that, like, as, as you, you've talked about, you know, your story and, different things you guys have seen in that. I, um, I did a series this last summer and we just finished it a few weeks ago on the Sermon on the Mount. And I, I preached on the different Beatitudes, you know, one of the toughest one out of that entire list of Beatitudes in Matthew five, right. Is being a peacemaker. Right. And, and I remember that week when I preached that sermon and, and even just studying for that one and seeing that, that the reality, right. Is that is that that's what we're talking about here, right? And that's what Jesus wants for us, right? Is to be a peacemaker. And sometimes to truly make peace, like you said, to have somebody become an ally, you know, coming out of that is you have to have the hard conversation, right? And, and in fact, the reality, right, is that that sometimes to be a peacemaker, you have to go into battle, right? To have a, a long lasting peace, to truly make peace that can move forward. And, and one of the things I talked about in that sermon was the difference between a peacemaker and a peacekeeper. Right? And I think that's, that's again, one, I think one of the temptations as a leader, right, is just to be a peacekeeper. But again, yeah. that, is, that is not what God has called us to, especially as leaders within his church, right, is we have to be peacemakers. And sometimes to be a peacemaker means you need to even pick the fight. Well, it, it just takes more effort as well, because yeah. the counterpart of that is we all know that misery loves company. And so you can jump on the other side of that and still just, you know, torpedo the thing, or you can go towards a resolution and, you know, blessed are those because they will 
inherit the kingdom, right? Like, I mean, these are the elements that we're talking about. This is not because I think that this is a good idea. This is because our creator said so. So like, I still don't even understand all the reasons why I do the things that I do. I mean, I, I can try to give my best, but the guy who created me, yeah, that's the one I'm going to go with. Like, uh, so if that is what our, our what we were created for, and that is, uh, is to worship and to do those things so that the rocks don't have to cry out, right? Like I'm, yeah, I can do that. So yeah, I think really understanding that, but you have to know, you have to understand where they're at and don't allow misery to have company. You just head it off and, and say, like I was saying with our, with our thing, it's we're having the conversations now and no one's in trouble. It's not like a hard thing. It is a difficult that makes us all feel uneasy, but I'm trying mm -hmm. to have that hard conversation early so that we don't have to have like death con five or super hard conversation later Yeah, because it makes us uncomfortable, but there's also tears to that. It's, you can have a conversation, even a difficult one with our kids of, this is curfew. Don't drive your car this far. Don't go to a party where there's these things happening, you know, but when it gets to those things did take place or you get a call, that's going to be a different level, right? I yeah. mean, it just is. So absolutely. Anyhow, we know where those things lie, but really again, having the conversation, understanding the heart, knowing where they're at. Uh, uh, those are all great things. Yeah, for sure. So, so as you're listening, if you're listening to this, if you have a tough conversation looming, again, we are encouraging you, right, to run at, run at the problem, so to speak, right, and uh, have that conversation, but do it face to face in person and remember the relationship is important. Think about what's the real issue that's underlying here. And, yeah. and, and, you know, and ultimately pray more than you've ever prayed before, right, uh, about for, for that person for that situation. Uh, for that as you truly can fulfill, you know, being a peacemaker. Right. I would say this, if there was a quota, like you're just saying, pray for them twice as much as the time that you're trying to convince them of what it is. So like be over and above that. And then another thing that I'd see is a uh, seek wise counsel that is outside of, uh, you know, we all have people in our lives, spiritual yeah. leaders and stuff like that, that maybe aren't in the forest with you. And you can bounce an idea off of that. So have people that you trust, again, because misery loves company, but people that will tell you the honest take of how they have it. And as you describe it, don't describe it in a way that favors you. Try to make it as plain as possible so they can help mm -hmm. speak into that. So God gives us people in our lives. Um, and if you don't have one, start seeking a mentor or uh, accountability or any of those things where you have a person around you that you can just bounce that off of like, Hey, I'm trying to do this. What is your take? And oftentimes yeah. if they are biblically rooted in those things as well, man, that is huge to have that person in your life. Yeah, absolutely. And again, and, and that person, hopefully again, it needs to be the person that if you are out of bounds, will tell you that you are, you know, which again is, is, yeah, which is what you said, right? And say, man, give you a, a, a neutral third party opinion that, you know, cause again, like I'm, I'm pretty blind in the situation. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm in, in my perspective. Right. And yet my perspective might be the one that's off. 
And so, and again, it's better for that mentor to be able to say that to me, right. Than to have, you know, the person in the middle of the conflict when they're trying to point that out. And then, and then we all, we both get defensive. So, so no, great. I, again, I, I hope that you have found some valuable advice and help here uh, for these tough conversations. Like we said that we know we all inevitably have to be in, uh, but the good news is, is that God is the Lord of the harvest. It is his church. He wants unity, right? And that God will guide you through every tough conversation. Absolutely. Acts 20:28. So guard yourselves and God's people. Feed and shepherd God's flock, his church, purchased with his own blood, over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as leaders. The Acts 2028 podcast is a broadcast production of In His Grip Publishing. Our theme music is Achievement by Giovanni Bruno. We'd love to hear from you on our social media accounts or through email. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at Acts 2028 Podcast. Or send us an email at Acts 2028 Podcast at gmail.com. Please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, leave us ratings and reviews, and even give us your email so you can be notified of new episodes. Thank you for listening. And until next time, we hope that you will lead wherever God has put you. And together we can all live out Acts 2028 as we serve in the established church.